The CFOs that get it, get it. The CFOs that don't, don't. Let's talk about the CFO, the Chief Financial Officer. There are two kinds of CFOs. One who's struggling to keep up, spreadsheets everywhere, manual processes. It takes weeks to close the books. The other kind is on top of their game. Automated reports, inventory, commerce, and HR flow into the financial model seamlessly. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. That's why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system used by over 28,000 growing businesses. 93% of businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Head to netsuite.com slash c-suite for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer. That's netsuite.com slash c-suite. netsuite.com slash c-suite. Get the inside track on 20 top business trends for 2020 from Joel Block. Joel's insights bring Wall Street to your street so you can profit from the inside in 2020. Just text the word TREND to 7200. That's 72000 and download your free copy today. Grab your phone and get the inside track on business trends that affect you and your business. Just text the word TREND to 72000 for your copy now. This is Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. Insights to give your business the inside track. And now, here's your host, Joel Block. Certainly, each of us wonders if there's a single strategy that if we did it, it would turn everything around for us. And we have a guest today that says there is such a strategy. To share that, Jordan Goodman, welcome to the show. Jordan, how are you? Great to be with you, Joel, indeed. Hey, you know, uh, it is such a pleasure to have you here because uh, we were friends 20 years ago in New York City, and and we kind of crossed paths recently, and it's just so awesome to uh, run back into you. It is. We both had great careers, and this will be great to serve your audience. Hey, well, well great. So you're you're a, a well-known uh, journalist. You're a, you're a media celebrity in New York, and you travel all over the place. Just give us a minute of, uh, of intel about you, yourself. Oh, sure. So I'm called America's Money Answers Man because I answer people's questions on all aspects, uh, particularly personal finance, but also business finance as well. I've done 13 books on different topics, the Dictionary of Financial Investment Terms, Everyone's Money Book, Fast Profits and Hard Times, Master Your Money Type. I won't go through all 13, but lots of you them. Know, I, I remember one of your books. It was, uh, it was so big. I think it fell on my foot and went in the hospital for, uh, for two probably, weeks. That was probably everyone's money book, yes. <laughs> it was about 970 pages. The, my, my finance investment handbook was 1,300 pages, actually. So I'm good big books. Uh, but also my website, moneyanswers.com, is where lots of people come to get uh, advice and resources and ask me questions. I'm on radio shows all over the country all the time doing TV shows, uh, web webinars. Uh, I've got a, a weekly what's called the Money Answers Minute, a video series on YouTube. So I'm just kind of out there and always loving to help people with all their financial decisions, both personal and business. Well, listen, I know you're the man. So let, let's dig into this. So so there's a magical strategy. I mean, I'm not really a fan of, of a single anything, but uh, but you say there's a single strategy. Let's hear what it is. Tell us, uh, tell us what we need to know. Give us the inside track. The one word for success in business is leverage. And I don't mean debt, but I mean leveraging your relationships. And a lot of people, particularly small businesses and entrepreneurs, think they have to do it all on their own. The solution is to take the strengths that you have 
and leverage the strengths that other people have. And the two of you combined can do something that each of you cannot do individually. So if you leverage your relationships as far as intellectual property, could be marketing, could be finance, other people financing your business in various ways, could be a vendor who gives you finance to, to get started. Um, and this is what I do all the time. One person can only do so much, but if you have leveraged relationships, there's no limit as to how well your business can do. You know, it's funny how people who are in the money business, like you are, like I am, when you understand money as well as we do, what you kind of realize is that business is not about money at all. It's about people and people make it is. And, and that's what you're saying. You have to deal with people with integrity and they want to trust you and you want to trust them. And when that happens, magic just happens. It just happens amazing. I mean, I'll tell you my own business model, which is totally reliant on leverage. Um, I'm out there on radio shows, TV, as a thing, all, all these different ways out there. And so what I've got is like a megaphone, basically. And other people who I get to know really well offer really great and in interesting financial services of all types. So I know what they do, but I don't do what they do. They know what I do, but they don't have the access to the media the way I do. So my leverage is telling consumers about services that are really great. They're going to help them in ways they never knew existed. And then they go to those services and I get a fee for referring people to it. It's what's called affiliate marketing, basically. So I'm leveraging the expertise in many, many different areas and helping people get out of debt in buying cars and getting insurance and doing real estate deals. And I could go on and on because I know all these people are really good. So I'm helping them. They're helping me. I help the customers. And it's a win, win, win. That's an example in my own life of how I apply leverage, not meaning debt, but leveraging relationships. Well, and that's, that's totally uh, transportable to every other industry, every other, Correct. I mean, you have to, your model may not work for everybody else, but everybody has to do the same thing. I mean, at some point in time, you know, everybody has to leverage everybody else. And, and that's a, uh, that's a pretty critical thing. So it is, but I find a lot of entrepreneurs are control freaks and they don't want to leverage other because they think nobody else is going to do it as well. So I've got to learn everything and I've got to do finance. I've got to do marketing. I'm going to do social media. I've got to do it all. Yeah. And there's only so much one person can yeah, do. Those, those, are, those are people that are running small practices. They're not running businesses. I mean, our, our audience, these are business people. And, you know, so let's, let's jump into the money thing. I mean, you sure. mostly, uh, I mean, we talk about business money. We talk about personal money. Um, where do you want to go? What, let's what, go with what, business debt first. Right, let's talk about debt. You want to talk about some debt? Yeah. The, the, one of the biggest problems I see with businesses, medium and small size, is the amount of debt they've built up. Huge records of corporate debt these days. And if you get it out of control, it can really crush you. So there's a strategy called debt prioritization, which a lot of people are not aware of, which can whittle that debt down to a much more manageable level. See, say you're a medium-sized business owner and you're behind in your bills and the creditors are all calling you and writing you and so on. What most people do is they respond or pay the person who screams the loudest <laughs> or is the most persistent in trying to collect from them. That's not the right way to do it. What you should do is prioritize the creditors that have the most leverage over your business. Okay. The electric utility company that could turn your lights off tomorrow is pretty high priority. Like they could put yeah. you out of business in a second. Okay. Some lawyer that wrote a contract three years ago that you never went through with has no leverage on you. Okay. But if the lawyer keeps calling you, I want to get rid of this guy 
and you might pay him first. <clears throat> so the, the strategy is to have a weighting of how much leverage each of your creditors have over you and pay more to the people who have more leverage and less to the people who have less leverage. That makes a tremendous sense. There's also a strategy related to how you pay off your credit cards. You know, I mean, right? It, it is, but let me just finish for a second on the business one before we get okay. to the credit cards. Okay, because good. You could try to do this on your own. Uh, there's a place that I recommend, which is called Corporate Turnaround, and their website is helpwithpayables.com, and they do this for you. They've been doing this for thousands of businesses for like 30 years. They've got detailed analyses based on all the experience of many, many businesses in just about every field to know each creditor and how much leverage they've got over you in a score from one to 10, 10 being a lot of leverage, one being very low leverage. And so you come to them and then you show them all your debts and all your creditors and they rank these creditors based on the amount of leverage they've got over you. And then they make offers to those creditors based on the amount of leverage they've got. So one with a 10 is going to say, well, we'll pay you 70 cents on the dollar in three months. And the one that's a one will pay you 10 cents on the dollar in a year or something like that. <laughs> okay. And, and typically the creditors know how much leverage they've got over your business and they all eventually agree. And then they, you make one payment to corporate turnaround. They pay the creditors. Oh, really? Yeah. And then over time you whittle this debt down. So you're paying less cents on the dollar, but, it's different based on the leverage each business has. And that's the sophistication they have. How does a company like that make its money? Do they take money on the float or do they take it? No, they charge a fee. It's about one and a half percent. But the amount you're paying to them, it's all included in there. So, of course, the total amount you're paying is less than you owe. You're not paying 100 cents on the dollar to anybody. And they're settling it for, it could be 70 cents, could be 50 cents, could be 10 cents on the dollar. And they bundle it all up. And so the fee you pay them is far, far less than if you paid the creditors directly. So there's a financial advantage, but also there's a time advantage. If, if a creditor calls you and say, I'm not dealing with it, call these guys. They'll deal with it. And you can actually get back to running your business. Well, I'll tell you what, um, that, that by itself is worth everything. Uh, the fact that you can just say either call my attorney or call this company or whoever you call. And probably calling this company is better than calling your attorney because attorneys they're, the way they're they, an expert at it. Yeah. And yeah. they want it from their point of view, they want to settle. They want to give you money as opposed yeah. to not getting anything. Well, and, and and you know what companies know is if you're dealing with that kind of company, you're on the doorstep of bankruptcy. So Correct. if they don't if they don't succeed now, it's gonna be worse later. You so, call as the or, phone is disconnected. <laughs> they say about eighty to eighty-five percent of the businesses they deal with make it, meaning fifteen to twenty percent don't make it. But if they, you, it gives you a chance as a business to get control of your debts in a way that you don't have to deal with anymore. They just give you one number a month that you have to pay. They distribute the money to all the creditors, and they deal with all the creditor calls. So it allows you to get out from under the desk and back to running your business. No, that's um, – and they, so they deal with the, uh, the secured creditors, the unsecured creditors, Correct. everybody. Everybody. All kinds of creditors, absolutely. So, again, the website is helpwithpayables.com. All right, cool. It helped thousands of businesses for many, many years. So hopefully yeah. that'll help some of your business customers. Any, any, other, any other tips for businesses? Absolutely. Um, getting your credit record and credit score as high as possible, like with Dun & Bradstreet. A lot of businesses do not pay enough attention to their business record and their business score. Are these and, scores are these scores real? Are they accurate? Is it like is this work the same way as personal credit? How does it work? Well, uh, you you have a, a score. It's called a Paydex score with right. Dun Grant Street, 
the highest is 80, uh, meaning you pay everybody on time. Um, now, you have to tell them, tell Dun & Bradstreet uh, who your creditors are, because they don't know. So uh, in some cases, if it's a big company, you know, Federal Express or UPS, they have automated files and they can see it. But if you're paying your accountant, for example, or you know something personal like that, you tell them who it is, and then they check with them and say, do they pay their bills on time? So you've got to cooperate with them to telling them who your vendors are. And if you do, and they get back to them, you have an up-to-date, accurate report. And they have all your financials, right? That I do this. You just have to give them once a year uh, your tax return, your business tax return. And they take all the numbers they need right off of that. And and so the creditors really put a lot of weight on this when they're Absolutely. extending credit? Absolutely. If you're applying for credit for the first time as a business, for, with a could be a bank, could be a vendor, they're going to take a look at your DNB report and see what your payment history is. Absolutely. So you want to see the paydex score, you want to see, and then they rank you on your financial strength and how likely are you to go bankrupt and things like that. They're doing what people are familiar with on the consumer side, on the business side. Uh, now you can do it yourself. Uh, there's a place that can help you do it actually, which is called Tour de Business, T-O-U-R-D-E business.com. And they help you establish credit. They help you improve it. They help you get the vendors on there. There's a whole process of getting your credit score good with Dun & Bradstreet that most people have no clue how it works, actually. So that's a website that can help people improve, establish their business credit reports. Okay. Give us another one. I mean, those are already a couple of pretty good ones. Those are good resources. Another one would be creating the correct structure for your business in the first place. Should it be an LLC? Should it be a limited partnership? Should it be a subchapter S corporation? Should it be a subchapter C corporation? And where should it be domiciled? Now, I happen to like Nevada because Nevada has very good asset protection laws that can make sure that you have the, the kind of the corporate shield protecting you against frivolous lawsuits of various types. Whereas in other states, they can go right after your personal assets. So I've got a, a Nevada LLC and then you put other things in that, and that kind of protects you against all kinds of things. So there's a website for that, which is businessanswerstoday.com. That'll take you through the whole process of, you know, depending on the situation, an LLC may be better, an LP or a subchapter S, but I like it in Nevada because of the asset protection part of it. Now, you're in New York. I am. So does New York State uh, tax that LLC, even though it's domiciled in Nevada? Yes, um, it's not to avoid taxes, although Nevada does not have personal income taxes. They've got business taxes. It's more for the asset protection reason. You're not going to avoid taxes this way. You still, I mean, I have a company based in New York that's in the Nevada LLC. So it's, it's really, if I got sued for some reason, they'd have to go through the Nevada LLC, and that's going to be really hard for them to do. So I that's see. the real reason for it. That's interesting, because from a tax point of view, a lot of people think that they're going to escape some taxes, but they don't. No. I mean, if you're actually running your business in Nevada, fine. But no, I mean, I have a place. It's a, there's a law firm that I deal with there, and they created the LLC you know, with all the right documents and so on, and you use their address in Nevada to get mail, and they pass things on to you. you know, I have a bank yeah. account based in Nevada and so on. I mean, it's really a pain if you get sued, and in many cases, it's frivolous, and you know, you didn't do anything wrong, but just dealing with it. If they see that there's a Nevada LLC, they may stop going after you because of the, the you know, the kind of protection that gives you. 
Interesting. Um, what about what about Delaware LLCs? I mean, we um, my fund is a is a series LLC domiciled in Delaware. Uh, what's your experience with those? It's not for asset protection. It has other reasons. They're, they do a lot of things with corporate law. Very good on bankruptcy. I mean, they have a whole bankruptcy law firm, but it's not close to as good as an LLC in Nevada for asset protection. And, and what about what I've heard that like Wyoming has uh, has good Correct. asset protection. Is that another one? Wyoming and Nevada. Nevada is much much bigger, but Wyoming's trying to copy <laughs> Nevada. So, but there's just not the kind of infrastructure in Wyoming that there is in Nevada to deal with all this stuff. Huh. No, interesting, the courts. Interesting, interesting tip. Okay. What else? What else you got? We're doing well, right? <laughs> yeah, no, listen, this is, I mean, this is the inside track on a lot of stuff, you know, for smaller companies. I mean, if a smaller company is thinking about doing some of this stuff, I mean, this is what they, this is what they listen to the show for. This is strategies to get the inside track. And, and what you're talking about, I mean, these kinds of tips and resources, this is the inside track. I like it. Absolutely. Okay. How about if I gave you hundreds of thousands of dollars for something that you think has almost no worth whatsoever. Uh, you know what? I'd say we don't need the money. I just uh, we we have we have enough money. The jar is full. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people don't realize they can sell their life insurance policy instead of letting it lapse. There's a whole market, what's called the life settlement market, where there are hedge funds that will buy your life insurance policy from you for hundreds of thousands of dollars, and most people don't know that exists. And therefore, they let their policies lapse when either the premium goes up too much or they don't need it anymore. Say it's designed to support their kids and the kids are now self-supporting. So you don't really need it for whatever reason. Say you're 70 or 75 or something like that. You can sell that policy, depending on various factors I'll explain, you get more or less. And then you can use that to fund your retirement. You can put it into your business. It's your money to do with whatever you like. Say, Joel, you had a a million-dollar policy. And say you're 75, for example. Okay, you might be able to sell that for $300,000, something like that. And so the, the hedge fund that buys it pays you 300000 now. They become the beneficiary of the policy. And they own the policy, so they pay the premiums. When you die, they get the million. So they get their return. They don't know when. Depends when you die. So the older you are and the sicker you are, the more money you get. It's one time <laughs> it benefits you to be really old and sick because they don't think you're going to stick around as long, right? If you were 85 and had a heart condition, you might get 500000 for the same policy. <laughs> well, that's what's called the life settlement market. And there's a website to help you there called fundinglife.com. And what they do is they put together buyers and sellers of life insurance policies. Your listeners would be the sellers of life insurance policies. Interesting, yeah. They've got more buyers than they can handle. There's all kinds of hedge funds, and they'll put together a huge portfolio of hundreds of policies, and every year, a few people are going to die, so they're going to get these big gains, and the rest of them, they just wait them out, basically. It's amazing. So, yeah. you, so it doesn't cost you anything. Uh, they will evaluate your policy. You can do a term policy as well as a whole life or cash value policy, as long as the term policy is convertible into some kind of a cash value policy. They don't buy a term that's going to run out, Yeah. but it can be converted into whole life, variable life, universal life, index universal life, anything like that, they would then convert it, and then they've got the policy that's permanent. Now, the insurance companies obviously don't like this. They like collecting your premiums for 50 years and then not paying you a penny. They think right, that's because, because you cancel the, the year before you, you know, don't need it anymore. You lapse, and they, they're not going to tell you anything different. Uh, the insurance agent is not going to tell you anything different. 
But there's this whole, I'm not quite sure call it underground, but kind of underground market in life insurance policies that's completely legitimate. And there you go. That might fund your business or your retirement right there. Fundinglife.com can explain well, how that There's works. a little bit of the inside track on life insurance. What are viaticals? Isn't that similar? Viaticals is more kind of a deathbed one. This you typically have to do like two years before you know, you're going to get collected on it. Viaticals is like trying to get them to sign their life insurance policy over while they're on their deathbed. And that's not a good thing. Okay. Uh, it can be manipulated. And those are, it's, it's a similar idea, but it's the, the, the dark side of life settlements, I guess you might say. Yeah. Cause that, that business doesn't have a great reputation. I Correct. mean, that's, uh... right. Rightly so. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not talking about viaticals life settlements. If you sell your policy, typically it's going to be two years before you can actually, you know, is there, is there a two year rule or is it just works out it, that it's way? It's the custom that way. They don't want you on your deathbed. They I want see. you sick, but they don't want you just about to die. <laughs> <laughs> Heart conditions are great. You know, emphysema would be great, whatever. Something that's going to be, get you within say five years, they'd be very happy. Yeah. That's, and what uh, happens is literally these hedge funds are competing with each other to pay you a higher price for your life insurance policy. And if you meet all the criteria, like you're old, I would say 70 plus, some kind of a heart condition or, I mean, literally they are competing with each other to buy that policy from you at no cost to you. It's interesting. Wow. Okay. So uh, let's talk about some personal stuff. I mean, these are, these are sort of the hybrid personal where the money can flow into the business. Right. Let's talk about some personal stuff. Let's say that people find themselves in this, uh, whether you work in a middle-sized company uh, somewhere in this country or or you run your own company, uh, let's say you find yourself in a little bit of credit card debt, kind of in a mess. Uh, how do you advise people to unwind those kinds of problems? So probably the best asset that most people have is their home. And if you do it right, your home can be like the piggy bank that pays off your credit card debt, student loan debt, car debt, all kinds of other debts, which are higher interest rate and very burdensome. So there's a strategy called mortgage equity optimization which literally allows you to pay off all your debts far, far faster than you ever thought possible. You can pay off a 30-year mortgage in about five to seven years, something like that, on your existing level of income. And this, again, is something you're never going to hear about from a bank. Okay, So I'm going to just briefly describe how it works. Say you have a good first mortgage, whatever, uh, 4% interest rate, something like that, um, and you've still got some equity in your house, you would get a home equity line of credit, a HELOC, as a second mortgage, and you feed money from the HELOC towards the first, and then you keep your income, which normally is sitting in a checking account doing nothing, in that HELOC, pushing the balance down every day. HELOCs are based on what's called average daily balance. How much do I owe today? So if you had $1,000 normally sitting in your checking account earning nothing, you now put the $1,000 in the HELOC, and you owe $1,000 less. And then you pay your bills out of the HELOC, and you're making progress on the principal at an accelerating rate every day. Let me just give you a simple example, Joel, of how oh, this so works. Wait, so but what's interesting is you use the HELOC to pay down the primary mortgage. Correct. Correct. It's what they call the blended strategy. Wow. So let me just give you a simple example, and maybe this will kind of come alive a little bit more. So say, and I'm doing this for middle America. This is not like high-end Los Angeles or something. Say you had a $300,000 house. It was worth $300,000. And you had a $200,000 first, just for an example, okay, at 4%. You'd go out, and it's a 30-year mortgage, and you'd go out and get a HELOC for maybe 50000 
Okay, so you just opened it and you haven't used it yet. You would write a check on the HELOC for 50,000 towards the first. So now you owe 150 on the first and 50 on the HELOC, right? Now you keep your income in that HELOC all the time. You get checks, you get paychecks, you get dividends, whatever it may be. All the money keeps going in that HELOC. You're pushing the balance down every day and then you pay your bills out. The balance goes down, down, down. It goes up when you pay bills, but it keeps going down. So after maybe a year, something like that, that $50,000 would be paid off. That HELOC is paid off. You then do it again. You write another $50,000 check on the HELOC towards the first, which goes from 150 to 100. The next year you pay off the HELOC. You do it twice more. Your first is now paid off after, say, four years. You paid off the HELOC in the fifth year, and you are now mortgage-free on your existing level of income. I mean, that, that, um, that's a very cool thing. I mean, the idea of paying down uh, the first with the, with the second, the part that I'm not catching on to is why the HELOC balance goes down and what it means to put your, your uh, income into the, uh, into the HELOC. Because, because that's it's average something. daily balance, right? In other words, the bank is looking every day at how much you owe in the HELOC. So again, my example, you just got a paycheck for $1,000. Normally, you just leave it in your checking account doing nothing. Instead, you move that $1,000 into your HELOC where you owe 50000 Now you owe 49000 You just lowered your balance by, by $1,000. Okay? So you're paying interest on 49000 instead of 50000 Okay, there are three things you need to make this strategy work. First thing, you gotta have equity in your house. If you're underwater in your house, there's nothing to borrow against. Second thing, you need a decent credit score, 680 or higher to qualify for the HELOC. And the third thing you need is positive cash flow during the month. The more positive cash flow, the faster that balance gets paid down. So if you have those three, probably most of your audience has those three, you can implement the strategy and literally save 25 years off your mortgage and tens of thousands of dollars in needless interest. That's just amazing. I mean, this this is really an amazing uh, thing. I mean, you... Uh... So there's a website for that. I've got a website for everything. Okay. There's a website, which is truthinequity.com, truthinequity.com. It's a free website. You go on there, and you fill in what's called a personal profile, and you put in all the numbers that apply to you, your income, your expense, the value of your house, your mortgage, just, you know, everything. And it says, okay, based on what you're doing today, it's going to take you 28 and a half years to pay off your mortgage. Using the numbers you just gave us, it'll be 6.2 years when you're paid off, whatever it comes out to be. And they show you step by step how to do it. So I've just saved your audience 25 years off their mortgage and tens of thousands of dollars interest. And by the way, you can do this as a business as well, paying off your commercial mortgage, right? Or say, for example, you're, you're renting apartments. You could do a HELOC on the rental apartments and put the rents that you're getting into the HELOC and get those rental apartments free and clear much, much faster. So it that, can work commercially just, as well. That is an amazing strategy. So like guys that are buying multifamily units. Fantastic for that. It's incre- that's incredible. I mean, uh, <laughs> and you know, I'm in the money business and I'm, I mean, I'm not in the personal finance business, but, but this is amazing. I mean, that- uh, You can you- be free and clear much, much faster by getting that money, that rent, which normally you put in a checking account doing nothing for you. Again, if you have positive cash flow, pushing that HELOC down every day. So it, it's basically you're doing what banks are doing to you. This is the way banks make their money. It's float. They have the float. It's working for them. And the consumer, it's working against you. You keep your money in a checking account earning nothing. And they're taking your money and lending it at 18% in a credit card or 4% in a mortgage or whatever it may be. You're reversing the tables and having the money work for you. 
Well, I'll tell you something. Uh, my sense is that people like reversing the tables against the bank. You know, absolutely. I mean, who again, like you'll never hear about this from a bank. You, you go into a bank and say, "I'd like to try the equity optimization system." They will have no clue what you're talking about, <laughs> and they're not interested. Actually, they think this current system works real well, which is you get a 30-year mortgage and you pay the first 10 to 15 years pretty much all interest and make almost no progress in the principal. And they like it even better when you refinance. And even though the rate may be lower, you just started a new 30-year clock all over again. Yeah, and the, and the way the amortization tables work, it's it's so unfavorable. People don't really realize the, you know, what they're walking away from after seven, eight, nine years. But um, you know, these mortgages were originated in the 30s and 40s, you know, to kind of help families that, you know, just to they kind of created a middle class by the mathematics of how mortgages work. Right. And, uh, and so this is really we live in a different world. People don't keep their mortgages for 30 or 40 years. They Correct. Don't have a low payment, but they don't live there that way. It just, they, they move in many cases. And, you know, you move after seven years in a house, you've made, maybe you've made 3% principal pay down after seven yeah, years. Something yeah, like it's close to nothing. <laughs> yeah, so here, every day, so you get really motivated to get all the income you can find and put it in there to get that bounce going down. You are really in tune with your finances when you see the results. Yeah, people, and I've talked about this. Thousands of people have paid off their mortgage years sooner than they ever thought possible on their existing. Okay, listen. So I, I wasn't. Uh, I didn't think this was going to be a tip show, but uh, let's just keep <laughs> the tips coming. This is. I, I, I'm. I'm kind of. I'm seriously. Uh, you know, I'm really digging on this. I mean, give me a couple oh, more good. tips. Give it. Give the listeners a couple more tips. All right. Let's see what else we have. Uh, okay. Um, well, with credit cards as well. Um, you should get the best credit cards that are out there. A lot of people just, whatever shows up at the mail is what they get, and that's the worst possible deal out there. Uh, a free website to do that would be guidetocreditcard.com, and you can get 0% bounce transfer offers. You can get frequent flyer miles. You can get hotel points. Uh, concentrate your spending on two or three cards that are going to give you the best rewards or perks for your particular situation, Okay. What people do is they have 10 different cards and they spread their spending amongst all the cards. And by the time they get enough frequent flyer miles for a trip, they've expired or something like that. <laughs> so concentrate on what's best for you. You're going to Disney World, you know, get Disney points. You're going to get a GM car, get GM points, you know. Concentrate your spending so it gets the best bang for buck for you. And that's a free website to find the best deals for you. And if people find themselves in a credit card uh, problem, how do you unwind that problem? How do, what, what's the strategy for paying down credit cards? You pay the biggest balance first, the lowest interest rates first, or the highest one, which one? There's a psychological advantage in paying off the smallest balance first because you feel like you're making progress. But mathematically, it makes sense to pay off the highest interest one first. Now, you can do it. I mean, there are probably the best way for most people is to use a nonprofit credit counseling organization because they get concessions from the credit card companies you can't get on your own. Uh, my favorite one's called Cambridge Credit Counseling. CambridgeCredit.org is their number. They've been doing this for many, many years. So they're a nonprofit, 501c3, and they go to the credit card companies and say, okay, you know, we'll do it for 7% or whatever it may be. And they have thousands of customers that do it that way. So that's probably a way to do it. That's the way I would suggest, because it doesn't really hurt your credit very much. The way that's in theory, faster, but it's going to hurt your credit is debt settlement, where you kind of threaten the creditors, and if you don't give me 50 cents on the dollar, I'm going to go bankrupt on you. And the creditors don't like that at all. So I'd, I'd steer away from that, but some people are desperate, and they kind of 
use debt settlement to get out of their debts. Well, I mean, listen, if I mean, it's real. I mean, it's um, in business. I mean, when you talk about that uh, corporate restructuring, right. I mean, that's kind of what they're doing. I mean, they, they may not be hustling. They may not be a hustle, but they're saying, listen, we're going to give you 70 cents on the dollar over time or 50 cents or 30 cents. And I mean, so settlement is a real technique that people uh, are more used to it in the business area. I mean, we're yeah. taking 70 cents on the dollar on, on uh, credit card companies don't like doing that because they encourage everybody else to do it. So it's a little bit of a different thing. But it's the same idea. But I just find there's a lot of debt settlement companies. They'll charge big fees up front and not really deliver. And you don't make payments to the creditors. You make payments into an escrow account, which the uh, debt settlement company then uses as a threatening tool to the credit. See, I've got the money. If you give me 50 cents on the dollar, I'll pay you. You know, Credit card companies don't like dealing with these people at all. So, <laughs> so here's another thing I'd like to mention for, aimed at businesses. As one area I do not like are uh, what are called merchant cash advances or MCAs. Are you familiar uh, yeah. with that whole world? Oh, this, these these are terrible. Go they ahead. They are terrible. Expl- explain it because this is this is something. This this you got to understand this. So go ahead. So MCAs are what I call the payday loans of the small business world. Um, they uh, do an unsecured loan in like twenty four hours, very quickly. Uh, but in return, they're going to take control of your credit card processing, typically, and they take little fees out. Every day, say you are a restaurant, okay, and there's all kinds of charges going through your credit card. They'll take out, you know, two percent every day to get repaid, and the effective interest rate can be forty or fifty percent or something like that. So it doesn't look like much because it's every day, but the end result is extremely expensive for a small business. Yeah, and in many cases, put these businesses under. Once you get into these kind of situations, it's almost impossible to get out of it. Correct. And they do one after another. And typically, they're short term. They might be two weeks or three weeks. And then it's all due and you can't do it. So you get another MCA to pay off the last one. And just this kind of a yeah. debt snowball. So, so but it, they make it very attractive. They will literally send direct mail with a check and say, cash this check. you know. And they make it very, very easy to get into trouble. So warning. That, that last I heard, there's about $600 billion outstanding in merchant cash advances. And a lot of hedge funds are funding them because they get very, very high returns over short periods of time. Well, it's, it's clearly, it's, it's very lucrative. Now, you know, clearly if they're getting 50% annual percentage rate, they're expecting to have a high uh, failure rate, but right. it doesn't matter because they're, uh, they're yielded. They up. get their money back fast. And then the rest of it, whatever they make is, is uh, gravy for them. Yeah. That's, In uh, fact, when I talk to the corporate turnaround people, their biggest source of, Companies is people who got to merchant cash advances yeah. because they get so much debt so quickly. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is that borrowers just don't understand the gravity of the situation until they get into those deals. Uh, they, these are deals you got to really try to avoid. Oh, boy. They're, they're bad. As easy as they make it to get into debt. That's correct. Well, listen, the easier they make it, uh, the, the worse it probably is. The best credit is the credit that's really hard to get. Correct. Well, as I always say, the the more you need credit, the harder it is to get. The less you need it, the easier it is to get. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's start winding down. Give us a, this. This is this is the inside track, man. I mean, you're you're doing great. So give us another one or two, and let's. Uh, All right. I'll give you one more that you probably haven't heard of before. Lots of people's mortgage payments are incorrect in three ways, and I'm going to help you correct them. The first one is if it's an adjust rate mortgage, the adjustments are often incorrect. They're tied to some index. A lot of these mortgages are sold from one servicing company to another. They don't have the original documents. 
in many, many cases, your mortgage payment is incorrect. The second thing that's incorrect is your escrow. Escrow is what's held aside for property taxes and property insurance. In many cases, they overestimate both insurance and property taxes, so you're being over-escrowed. And the third one is what's called PMI, private mortgage insurance. In theory, once you hit 20% equity, you don't have to pay PMI premiums anymore. But the PMI companies are not like watching every, oh, he hit 20%, let's make sure we drop the premiums. They just <laughs> let them go until you figure that out, okay? So there are three websites for each one. There's a Verify My Mortgage, Verify My Escrow, and Verify My PMI. Dot com that will do an analysis, and in many cases, about 40 to 50% of the cases, they find people are overpaying on their mortgage, on their escrow, and their PMI. So if, let's say, you find out that you've overpaid your mortgage, what happens? So what they do is they prepare a letter which shows your original contract, shows the payments you've made, and then they show the payments you should have made, and you send that to the bank, and it's all documented. And the bank gives you a refund of like $10,000 or however much you overpaid. And then they change your payment to the more correct payment. Happens all the time. Okay, so so the bank will actually make a refund. They don't reclassify it from interest into principal or something no, else. They do a refund of all the overcharges you paid for many years. Really? On the escrow, they're going to lower the escrow on insurance and the property tax to a more reasonable level. And the PMI, if you can prove you're over 20% equity, they're going to stop the PMI. Now, they're probably not going to be able to get back what you've paid. but Right, because you, you still have the insurance even though you didn't need it. Right. So there's many ways you can get over 20%. The homes in your area can appreciate, so you can do an appraisal. You added a wing or a room or improved your house somehow. That could improve your level. You could use the mortgage optimization system we talked about to gain more equity because you paid your mortgage off faster. So there's lots of ways that you could get out of that 20% hump and not pay hundreds of dollars in PMI that you really shouldn't be paying. And the PMI company is never going to tell you about that. There are no. people paying PMI who have 30%, 40% equity because nobody wakes them up. And the PMI company is perfectly happy that they're asleep. Unbelievable. All right, <laughs> give us one more, and then we'll wind down. <laughs> All right, what would be one more here? Okay. One, the biggest problem these days. The hmm? One more rabbit out of the hat. One more rabbit out of the hat. Um, college loans, student debt is the biggest fastest growing debt these days. About 1.6 trillion in student loan debt. Um, people are graduating with an average of about 38,000 in student loan debt, that's the average. Undergraduate, if you go to graduate school, law school, business school, medical school, 200, 300, 400,000, just outrageous amounts of debt before they get their first job, okay? Now, it's gonna be hard for you to start a business or move into your own apartment or buy a car or kind of live in any way if you have this kind of debt hanging over you. So how do you get rid of the debt? A few ways. First of all, consolidate it if you can with a federal consolidation program. It helps a little bit. You have one debt to pay instead of many. But the better way to do it is to refinance your student loan debt. You can combine federal debt and private debt, which is much higher interest rate, into one, typically at about a 3% interest rate. And there's a website for that, splashfinancial.com slash money answers. Money answers, they know it's me. This is one of my affiliates. And they pay $300 off your first payment. So you, you just pay a little money. And now you have one student loan to pay a month instead of many at the lowest possible interest, 3%. Well, why is the interest rate lower with those guys than, uh, than what you're getting with, before? With credit unions. It's a new loan. Oh. It's a new loan. They do it with credit unions. And oh. all around the country, and they bid for your business. 
and you absolutely save a lot of money that way. The, um, the federal ones are set by the federal government. They're typically in the 5 or 6% range. And then private loans can be 10 11%, and they're really high. People are maxing out the student. They're maxing out the parents with parent plus loans, and the parents take out home equity loans and 401k loans. <laughs> Anything that's not nailed down, they'll borrow against. And now they're asking the grandparents to make up the difference for the grandkids because the parents and the kids are maxed out. It is just outrageous. No, That's I, why I, it's so I popular guess. just to have Bernie Sanders say, we'll wipe away all the student loan debt. Not going to happen, but certainly yeah. young people sound good to them. You know? Well, listen, I guess the only question that matters to those uh, young people is, uh, did you have a good time? <laughs> they had an expensive time. They, they did. Had an expensive uh, time. And there's one other little twist off of that. There's something called the Income-Based Repayment Program, the IBR program which if you fit into it, you pay the minimum on your student loans for 10 years. And after that, no matter how much you owe, the rest of it is forgiven. So to qualify, you have to work in the nonprofit sector, 501c3, a church, a foundation, anything like that. Work for the government, state, local, federal, military, Coast Guard, anything like that, you can qualify. And there's certain jobs which are really hard to fill, but if you do them, you can qualify for IBR, like you're a doctor on an Indian reservation where nobody wants to go, something like that. Don't or they have this a, program for certain teachers in certain areas correct. of the country if you agree to be a school teacher? and Because and it's hard to get course. people to do that. This is the incentive that yeah. if you do the thing that we can't get anybody to do, we'll forgive your loans after 10 years. That's, no, listen, uh, to me, and, and, and I don't. Uh, this is not a political show, but I will tell you, uh, those are the people we should forgive uh, loans for because – we're doing it not for their benefit. We're doing it for our society's benefit. Right. Society needs these people. So we're going to extra incentivize you. I, I love that. That's uh, that's awesome. J Jordan, you are uh, <laughs> you are the you are the the money answer man. I mean, I I, I really kind of forgot what, what kind of a you are. You are fantastic. Well, that's the inside track. And actually, I have a, s a special uh, web uh, landing page for your people. Okay which is go.moneyanswers.com slash inside track. And on there, they can see my newsletters. I have a, a weekly, what's called the Money Answers Minute, where I'm giving these ideas all the time, uh, all kinds of different things. So go there, register for free, and they can get all kinds of goodies. Well, we'll make sure we'll put that in the show notes. We'll put your contact information, your bio, all your stuff, your, your, your picture. It's a very handsome picture. We'll put that in the money. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes. And people can have it. I got to just tell you one more time, though. Thank you so much for uh, coming on here, sharing. Uh, this was amazing. I mean, I, I'm. I mean, listen. I, I kind of think I have my ear to the grindstone. Not like you, though. I mean, this really was was amazing. <laughs> well, maybe you learned a few things as well, and hopefully, we helped the audience. I, I I learned a lot, and I'm sure everybody who's listening learned a lot too. So, listen, Jordan. Thanks for joining us. I really appreciate you being here. Great. Thanks so much, Joel. Appreciate it. Okay. You've been listening to Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. For more insights and to learn more, visit joelblock.com. Shout out and a giant thanks to my podcast producer, David Wolf, and his team at Podcast and Radio Networks. Profit from the Inside simply wouldn't be what it is without David and his team. For more information or to learn how you can launch and produce your own podcast, reach out to podcastandradio.com. The Inside Track on 20 Top Business Trends for 2020 from Joe Block.
Joel's insights bring Wall Street to your street so you can profit from the inside in 2020. Just text the word TREND to 72000. That's 72000. And download your free copy today. Grab your phone and get the inside track on business trends that affect you and your business. Just text the word TREND to 72000 for your copy now. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.